Welcome and Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 11. I love that. 1-1 one, one in January of It Takes Two to Tango, Conversations That Move Us. I'm Martina. And I'm Nat. And together we are two life coaches on a mission to make the world a better dance floor. In this series, we invite you to a metaphorical dance. It's a conversation about how we can partner with life in a more meaningful way. We will translate some of the concepts that we have learned both from Argentine tango and ballroom dance dancing, and we will take them off the dance floor so that you too can experience the kind of bliss that we experience in partner dancing and that you get to experience that in your life and in your leadership. So Martina, shall we dance? I would love to. I would be delighted. Wonderful. Thank you. So our topic today, episode 11, wow, uh, is about being willing to start a new year differently. And Martina and I were just talking about how um, just changes in the it changes in the air, not just that it's a new year, um, but just overall globally, there's a lot of things in transition. And um, when she and I were talking, we realized that how she's starting the new year is different from how I'm starting the new year. And even how I'm starting the new year this year is different from how I've started it in the past. And so this is an invitation for you to consider that maybe there's another way that you can start the new year and, and, and it's not so much about uh, a tra tradition or even a specific exercise or a specific way. It's really about tuning in and trusting yourself on what works best for you. So uh, Martina, do you want to say more about that? Well, I love what you're saying. You know, I, I think the new year for me is always a threshold, right? We have going, we can now cornerly say that hindsight is 2020 for real, right? Because 2020 <laughs> is, is behind us. And, you know, I'm also very acutely aware that this concept of the new year is man-made, right? This is just our way of experiencing this particular Gregorian calendar. And when I actually Googled it, there are over 26 other New Year celebrations all around the year, right? Like uh, the, the Jewish holiday Rosh Hashanah was in, uh, in this past fall. The Islamic New Year, you know, wanders around the year. There's, I think, 354 days in the year. So they sometimes have two New Years in what we consider a year. You know, there's the Russian New Year on January 14th that I know because there's a lot of Russian people in our tango community. There's the Chinese New Year that is celebrated with two weeks and so many more. There's New Year's in July and in April and all around the year. And so just when I consider that, the idea of being different and you know, taking a stand for that. What, what is my New Year? What, how do I honor whatever cultural New Year that I'm part of? And how do I honor the new year that I actually feel? You know, what do I honor that I speak up for and say yes to? And how do I honor what I am silent about or say no to? So, mm -hmm. so I love this whole conversation about that. And all that, those are threshold moments. 
Right. And yeah, a threshold could be the markation of a new year. Um, it could be a crisis situation, right? Something that happens in the world that makes you rethink or reconsider um, what you really care for, what you stand up for, what you don't stand for. Um, it could be, uh, you know, a lot of times in the business world, we, we marcate things by quarters, right? We have, um, you know, th this is um, Q1 or Q2, mm -hmm. um, Q4. Um, also in like uh, sports, right? They have um, one half, the first half, second half, and then they have um, like halftime, let's say, and they reconsider um, you know, okay, the first half of the game was played this way and this is what we did well and this is what we didn't do well and this is what we're going to do going forward. So there are many opportunities to uh, take time to reflect on what you've done and then to consider what you want to go do going forward. Yeah, and one word that stood out that you said is the word crisis. And I actually learned something new about crisis today. The mm. word crisis with, uh, with a K is actually a Greek word that means a turning point. So in health, that means that that is the point that now there's a choice. It can get either better or worse. Mm -hmm. And usually there is also a choice in there where I can take a stand. Do I go for the better or the worse? And sometimes regardless on which choice I take, things get worse first before they get better. And I thought that's an interesting way of looking things up, um, at things as thresholds or turning points that sometimes even when things seemingly seem to get worse, it might be a healing crisis, right. a sign that actually things are at work to change. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're changing for the worse. It might just mean that it brings up anything that is unlike the intention that we set either individually or collectively for that next step or that next phase that we're changing into. Yeah, I had a conversation with a friend earlier today about um, the, the um, thinking about what's happening in the world, um, kind of like a metaphor for um, a kitchen remodel and, <laughs> and how, oh <laughs> how we're in life in, in the world right now, we're in the, re, the, the demo stage of the remodel where um, a lot of the old um, systems, structures um, are being dismantled and um, we're going toward a newer vision, but in between there is that phase of disruption and uncomfortableness. And, you know, I, I like, I know when we remodeled our kitchen several years ago, there was dust everywhere. You, the things that we were normally used to doing, like, you know, cooking in the kitchen, we, we made a makeshift, you know, kitchen with electrical appliances in the living room. Right. And we like, like so so much of our lives were disrupted during that time and even during the build out mm -hmm. of the kitchen there were um things that came up that we didn't expect and that we needed to f make a change and pivot and reorient it reorientate ourselves to that and and 
again, even with the kitchen already done, every now and then I will go to turn on the light and just kind of absentmindedly put my hand out to turn on the light and realize the light switch is not there anymore. <laughs> right. And, and it hasn't been there for the last two years, <laughs> but you know, th these are the little changes. And so again, this is an invitation to look at um, how our lives are. Uh, I mean, here I'm talking about the, the greater global scale, but, but, but we're all connected to all of that. And so even something that's happening in the world can cause us to look and see, well, how do I wanna show up in my life? What is it that I want to create? What do I want to make more time for? Um, what is really important to me? These are some just good questions to start asking yourself um, about like, how do you really want to live your life? I love that. I love that. And it, you know, builds on what we talked about in our last episode, the difference between intentions and goals and resolutions and why and how resolutions often don't work, right? Because they're past-oriented and condition-oriented. And what you're suggesting is this idea, okay, so I have this, you know, the way I, I look at it, if I have a book, right? And my life is a book and everything is written to the left of me. And here I have a blank page of 365 days. Well, minus eight. We're recording this on January 8th, right? And so I can look at different chapters and I can look at things that are already in the book. And then I can look at these empty pages, not knowing exactly how many there are, because I, neither one of us knows how many pages we have. We might have one, we ha might have several thousand. We don't know. And so to take a look and saying, okay, so I have these blank pages and rather than looking at, okay, when I think about the economy, when I think about my personal situation and circumstances and age and gender and the things that I think I can do and the things I think I should do and that my spouse thinks I should do and my family, and I get heavy just thinking about that. <laughs> um, you know, this is a great invitation to also look at, okay, if I put all this aside and imagine what is it that I actually would love? So if, if I had agency over how I invest my time and my energy, this precious life energy that I have over this next year, what would I love? What would I love to spend or invest my time in? Do I want to spend it, waste it? Do I want to invest it in something? And, uh, you know, when you think about that, this, this question of what would I love happens in the present moment. And we talked a lot about that and, entangle right how mm -hmm. we honor and cherish this present moment because the moment i start thinking i probably don't think about the present moment even the past and the future are thoughts that i have in the present moment so even what we talked about just two minutes ago is now in the past right and we're going to talk what we're going to talk about for this next half of our podcast here hasn't happened yet. So what wants to emerge in this moment and what is the gift, the present that we want to hold in this moment? Yeah, that's beautiful, Martina. 
I feel like we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We're already <laughs> into talking about like, how do we, how do we do this? Let's go back a little bit and let's, I, I'd love to hear um, how you, how you started the new year. So for me, the, the new year process actually starts with a winter solstice because I always love that day because it, the sun changes you know, it, it seems like the sun path changes and reverses direction. And we have the darkest day of the, of, of the, you know, of the year and the longest night of the year. And we have that glimmer of hope that now more daylight will come to us. And at the same time, it marks the beginning of winter, right? So the coldest season, the hibernation is yet in front of us. And then we have the holidays, you know, variety of holidays that are happening for me, it's been Christmas. That's how I grew up. And, you know, we, we cope with that dark time by uh, putting twinkly lights and candles. And my family was real candles on the Christmas tree. And in Germany, we actually greet the new year with fireworks. That's a one time the year that we get to buy fireworks and families have fireworks and um, the little sparklers that we call wonder candles, you know, that, that's mm, yeah. And um, the champagne bubbles and corks and sparkles and you wear silver and gold and black and, you know, it's, it's very flashy and glittery. So it's one of my favorite holidays. And, you know, every year, even as a child, I wondered, so there is this one day and we celebrate it so big. And what has actually changed? And... Um, as I grew up and started to mature, you know, then there were the times when I would party. I remember when I got into dancing, the time that we went into one of the dance festivals where there were, I think, 5,000 people that I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not it. You know, I love that we had a small group, but that's not it. And um, so there is the New Year celebration that actually happens for me. And then there is some reflective time that happens leading up to the New Year. And I also allow some time leading into the new year to really create space, you know, to think back on 2020, you know, and on my life, like, who have I been? What, uh, what did I learn in 2020? And 2020, you know, brought a lot of changes for a lot of us, right? So a lot of reflection. And so rather than thinking one more time about the things that I missed or didn't like or wish were different, better or more, you know, what are some of the things that I've actually learned and that surprised me about myself and that actually turned out really good, surprisingly. So I take an inventory of that. And then I uh, take some time to make friends with my calendar to put in, you know, we talked about that before, the, the, the jar where you put in the big rocks first. So yeah. what are my big rocks for this year that are important? And I schedule those, I put them on the calendar. And uh, then I start thinking about, okay, what are the little pebbles? And beyond all of that, who, who do I intend to be? So what is the one big thing that I wanna live into, that I wanna remind myself of who I am today in this year? And so the way I do that is I go through a whole process on changing a word of the year. And it's usually, it's a word that I create a relationship with. Um, I took my word for a walk on Wednesday 
and had an argument <laughs> <laughs> whether or not I am willing to commit. And by today, I am willing to commit. And my word is the Greek word um, kairos, which translated means right timing or perfect timing. Mm -hmm. It's recognizing moments of opportunity, moments that moments of stillness, moments of movement. And for me as a dancer, of course, it also means honoring my own movement and my musicality and that of whatever partner I'm dancing with, whether it's on the dance floor or in conversation. And so, you know, I like to take that time between, especially between Christmas and uh, January 6th to doodle and dawdle and dream and imagine and ask my intuition and go on walks to come up with, okay, this is what I'm willing to say yes to and be fully committed to for this year. And this is what I'm willing to say no to, which is often a harder part because it requires repetition. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's beautiful, Martina. So how about you? For, for me this year, I'm starting it really differently. I say it really differently, but maybe it's not. Um, they're just, what I noticed at the end of last year was that I was pushing myself to really start this new year off with quote unquote a bang, like to really, you know, and I realized that that just didn't feel right. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And, um, and I also, it's funny thing, like what happens in my mind where I said I was going to take the last two weeks off of the year, you know, from whatever the, the, the week before the week of Christmas through, through the third, let's say. So I was going to set that time off, but then I r was telling myself that, and during that time, I'm going to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't really time off. It was just like permission to do more work. <laughs> so I changed that. And some of the things that I wanted to launch this January, I'm pushing out a little bit to give myself more time. And I really allowed myself those two weeks to do nothing like at all, except for what I was inspired to. So I slept a lot or like I watched movies, I read books, like I just had fun. And, um, and if I was inspired to do something like, I don't know, make sure that my financial books were in order before the new year, that sort of thing. I did that. Um, but that was, I did it from a place of this is what I feel like doing rather than an obligation. Mm. And, and even during those two weeks, I noticed it's an interesting thing to, to give yourself a break like that, where for me in the past, I've never done that unless I've gone on vacation, right? If I go on vacation, then I give myself permission to not do anything. But if I'm at home, for some reason, my mind, you know, I feel like I should be doing something. So by not doing that, I was aware in my body of like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. 
this feels like I should be doing something. And I watched that and I addressed it. And one of the things I practiced was feeling better. Like I, I started this journal practice called thoughts that feel better. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting to see how my mind wanted to tell me that I couldn't feel better because the circumstances haven't changed yet Mm. or the circumstances weren't different or, you know, that I didn't get there yet. Like for some reason I couldn't really feel great in the moment. So I practiced that. And the more that I did it, the better I felt because part of my intention for this year is to appreciate what is and to be open to what unfolds. Similar, I find interesting to your word of Kairos, Mm -hmm. right? Which is like right time, right place, which just a little differently because we didn't talk beforehand, obviously. (laughs) We didn't talk at all since two or three weeks ago. So I find it's interesting that, you know, we're, we're on the same wavelength and yet at the same time, it's not that surprising, right? Why we dance well together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so during that time, I also reflected on the year I participated on in like some kind of like photo, um, some sort of Instagram photo thing of like looking back on the year and some business questions, looking back on the year, something I've never done before. And it was very enlightening because again, my tendency is let's just keep going. Let me, let's just, you know, let's focus more on the, on the what's next. And so that's what changed for me this year, which is because I allowed that time because I practice feeling better just for the heck of feeling better. I didn't feel like I was in lack at all. And, and lack in the past was what drove me to take action mm. or, or this belief that I was in lack, that I didn't have enough or that I wasn't enough or the business wasn't where it needed to be. And that was the thing that drove me but now that I can feel better and feel at peace with what is, a whole new world has opened up for me and I'm allowing what wants to be taken care of, like, you know, to take inspired action, really, to do the things that, that I'm inspired to do because it's what's emerging through me or out of me rather than this mental thing that says, well, I don't have enough. And so I should do this thing to try to make up for the belief created by my own mind that I don't have enough. Mm. That's, uh, that's very interesting. And I can, I can definitely relate to that because for most of my life, I've lived in that pushing energy as well. And um, some of it may have been lack, um, in my life, I think it was a little different. You know, I, to me, it occurs more as lack of support. Mm. And uh, at the same time, this strange need to fill other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. 
So we did one exercise over this last immersion course that I did where, um, you know, we, it was like a simulation. And so, okay, imagine now you died. And it's like, what? And, you know, the whole community got rattled. And then we were invited to journal. And what are some of the thoughts that come up? And the interesting thing that I thought, okay, I need to think about this a little bit differently because I'm in, immersed in this thinking about time. So um, I don't have my usual thoughts of time to go back to. So I thought I asked myself, okay, so if I knew that today is my last day, what is one thing I would do? <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is, oh crap, I need to clean up the house. <laughs> 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 and it's, um, you know, and that would take days, you know, to clean it up to a place where I would feel comfortable for my sister to go through the rubble of what is left of my life. Mm -hmm. and it's like, wow, isn't that interesting? You know, how much of my life has been up to this point driven by expectations that may be real or just internalized of what I think I should be doing. And they feel so normal that I think they are my ideas and they're really not. Mm -hmm. so that was another thing where I really thought, okay, I need to take this a, a step deeper to see what is it that I really want to say yes to out of commitment and desire and sheer vibrant deliciousness and playfulness and you know what do I say no to because it I have said yes to before out of obligation yeah yeah in 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 my work I still see that as as a form of lack um just because it's I mean I know it's a condition thing right of like mm -hmm. I I am whole when I do these things, mm. right? Um, so it's a, it's like I'm, I'm not whole until I do these things, or I'm not whole um, until other people see me this way, mm. and and so that's that's in in my work. That's still I still consider that some form of lack, right? Where we're not, we don't feel whole unless we um, meet a condition. I like that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what do we do with this? So now we've talked about our new years and uh, we already talked a little bit, you know, about some of the hows that we usually share, you know, of ideas on or an invitation on how to step into this new year and, and dancing with the new year rather than, you know, pushing or being pushed or being probed or pulled or, you know, by the conditions. So, so what are some things you want to offer for that? Um, what I've been playing with that I really find fascinating is um, starting with how I want to feel and noticing how if I keep on following how I want to feel that that opens up new possibilities and new um, new action and um, to, to make it more concrete personally um, one of the things that I want to do is start um, a regular movement ha habit like you know to exercise regularly and um, and my mind you know, when I talk about my mind, I'm talking about 
all the conditioning of how I, how I think I should do it based on what I've learned, how other people do it, blah, blah, blah. And when I go from there, I feel very heavy. Like I, I don't want to do that because there it's like, oh, I need to put in a lot of effort and I have to do this every day. And, you know, when I think about that way, I don't want to do it at all. Um, but when I think about like, okay, how do I want to feel? Like, why do I want daily? Why do I want a movement practice? What, what do I think I'm going to gain? Or how do I think I'm going to feel when I have this movement practice? And for me, it's a sense of aliveness, a sense of clarity and, and energy. And, um, and so starting with that, then I make it a priority to activate that sense of aliveness, that sense of energy, um, clarity, just by choosing thoughts that feel better, right? just by feeling them. So then I'm not saying I will feel this when I do this. I, yeah, I will feel it when I move my body, but I'm not going to put it off to the future and wait until I do this thing to feel better. Mm. And so interestingly, as I've been doing this, I've been inspired to move more. And it, and it doesn't look like how other, like for, for the way it looks like for me is I start in the morning and I do some like Qigong exercise, like an active Qigong exercise. And then I'll do some rolling squats. And then um, I, I build up a little bit of a sweat and then I do work. And then maybe I work for an hour, 90 minutes, maybe two hours. And then I can feel like, okay, I need to move. <laughs> I've been sitting here for a long time. And then I go do those exercises again. And so it's, it's a way to build movement into my day where it's not, it's not like this is what I need to do to lose weight or to, you know, get in better shape. Like I'm not laying on the um, the pressure to do something for a specific reason, if you know what I mean. I, I, I'm doing it again to feel alive. Yeah. And that has opened up, I don't know, I find it really fascinating that um, that as long as I follow the energy and, and I don't um, put off what I was saying earlier, put off the energy that I actively cultivate feeling alive and energized and clear and um, strong, even that the movement naturally follows with with less resistance. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and there, there's one thing I wanted to add um, for, for those of the, you listening, I mean, for me, this is, for me, it was about movement. Um, but a, a question that you can ask yourself when you think about 
Well, if I, if I were to give you um, like a step process, um, it would be to start off with how do I want to feel? What do I want? Or what do I want to feel more of? And then, um, and then decide like what areas do, am I inspired to um, grow into or what projects are inspiring me to, to, to create, right? Um, and then I would come back and ask the question, if I knew that I was already loved and valued, like 100%, what would I create? And I think that question is really key here, at least for a lot of my audience, because often we try to create that thing to try to prove to others that we're valuable or we're lovable um, or to feel that at least, right? And so we constantly chase the next creation, the more money, the whatever to feel that thing that we think we'll, we'll get when we get there. And it's a trap <laughs> Yeah. every time it's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love all, all that you say, because my thoughts are, are very similar. No surprise, always amazed, never surprised. And I, I think it's, it's probably the same thing, just different words that I mm. use. Because where, where I'm coming from is that I first focus on who do I want to be this year? And if I, you know, magically transport myself into January 8th, 2022, what are three things that I would tell you that I'm most proud of about this year and who I have become, what I have grown into? And so imagining myself as that person, then setting my goals and, and, and my strategies and my to-dos from that point have a completely different quality to them than if I start now, right? And the way I, the words that I use is, is that most people start with, I need to do X, Y, Z, like lose weight or move so that I can have a body that is lean and mean and sexy so that I can be loved, valued and admired and cherished, right? Mm -hmm. And when you turn this around, similar to you, how you said, how do I want to be? I want to be loved and cherished and I want to be happy. I want to feel good. I want to feel, for me, it's awake and radiant and vibrant. And I want to feel that vitality, you know, that mm. excitement and enthusiasm in the day. And so when I, if I want to be that, then what are the decisions that I'm making? What do I do so that I also then can have and give the things that contribute to my being alive and vibrant and vital. And um, there was something else that came to mind and it just instantly left me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that to be, um, yeah, and yeah, it, 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 it is this beingness to come from. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what you were also speaking to, which is a kind of an answer to one of the inquiries I've been sitting in, you know, I, I just attended a two-day immersion seminar where I got to 
reconnect with my dream, you know, where, yes, I teach these things. And then how do I do this for myself with an Mr. Mastermind of people that can support me in the way that I need to be supported? And the interesting thing that, that came up for me is this year 2021 is about my biggest desire this year is to fall in love again with myself and my life mm. in new ways. And um, as a preamble and as an end at the same time to fall in love again, you know, with a partner that will share that. And it's, it's interesting because over the last couple of years, I've set this intention. I want to meet somebody. I want to have my dance partner to dance with. And that was one of the struggles. I shared that with you in 2020, like everything's closed. Oh man, I should have, I should have put my energy in that. I would have, I have a studio and nobody to dance with, you know? So this longing has become really strong that that's something that I long for. And up until actually this, these past two days, whenever I reconnected with that dream, the moment it comes out of my mouth and I declare it, immediately the doubts are there. The paradigms go, yeah, but, you know, in the lockdown, how, you, how is that possible? And I don't want to do online dating or any of that stuff or interview for the job of a, you know, wife or girlfriend or whatever. I don't want to do any of these things instantaneously. And the ener original energy of I want to live in love was already gone. And now I'm thinking about the how. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm giving myself this time, even over this last year, to just be with the discomfort of a lot of the stuff. What emerged for me is that, you know, what I really most deeply desire this year is to fall deeply in love with me and my life. And then, and then to share that with the people that join me along the way. Yeah. You know, ideally, yes, a dance partner, you know, my own dance partner to dance with, even in COVID times, you know, unmasked <laughs> in my own household. That was, that is the greatest good. And it also includes, you know, falling in love in a new way with my work and with my clients and, and my teachings and the way I deliver them. And, you can t I can tell, you know, my voice just changed and sure. I'm smiling in a different way. And I think that is such a great indicator of when, you know, and, and for, for my audience, you know, the question of how do, you, do I know a dream is right for me? And that's it. That feeling of becoming alive and it's like, oh, my God, I can feel this, you know, all through my body. I can yeah. feel it all the way in, into my ankles and to the top of tippy top of my head and the room is filling with it and the cats are waking up <laughs> because I'm, I'm alive with it. And I think, you know, not, none of us know how much time we have, especially now. I mean, most of us have encountered thoughts of mortality in 2020 more than in, in other years. And what is it really worth investing my life, my breath, my heart beats into and oh my god I want to do that for things that get my heart beating in a way that feels good <laughs> that is me yeah yeah well I have no doubt that the more that you activate that love for yourself and your life then I mean how can you not meet the right person you know, for, for you, 
for however long that is, you know, like, I think it's fluid. Um, but I also think that we, we live the life, we live the life externally that we live internally. Yeah. Oh, wow. Deep conversation today. <laughs> I love it. If I were uh, categorizing that as a tango, I think um, this may have been Pugliese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you, variations. <laughs> you definitely know the music better than I do. So um, I'll say uh, yes to you. <laughs> so um, definitely a deep conversation um, worth re-listening to if you're listening to this and um, listening to a couple of times to really to get um, what we're talking not not to get but just to let it sink deeper um, it's like when you read a book more than once you get something the second time through right so um, in closing um, we'd love to hear well first of all I want to thank you for staying as a loyal listener or watcher and um, definitely say hi in the Facebook group and um, share what you're learning from, from our, um, our dances. And um, also we have an audio only version of the podcast and that's uh, available at, uh, the number two, the word two, and then tango. I should maybe change that. It's really hard to, to <laughs> communicate that verbally, um, but it seemed easy when I wrote, made it. <laughs> but anyway, it's two to tango.captivate.fm. And our Facebook page, I'll put the link at the end of the video. Great. Yeah, and I'm really curious to hear how, you know, you, dear audience, started your new year. Uh, I'm always curious to learn new ways and practice with new experiments. And uh, with that, uh, thank you very much for sharing this dance with us. And remember, it takes at least two to tango and to create conversations that move us. And until next time, this is Martina. And I'm Nat. And we are two life coaches on a mission to make the world a better dance floor. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now.